My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Nail. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Beltro spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Beltro spirit. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast, the only podcast that is going to reveal the one and only truth that the AFL is corrupt <laughs> and there is only one man who can solve it. Come on down, Brendan Gale. You must take it back from these corrupt nuffies who are ruining the game of AFL. My name's Alistair. I'm joined by Jack. How you doing? I'm good. It's um, It has been a good week for Weird Richmond fans on the internet. Uh... The score review just reminded them of last season too much. They got a bit up about that. Dim has gone to a new club. Uh, it's like seeing your uh, it's like seeing your ex with the with, with a new new yeah, person. You're at, like, at, ah. the, at the same time, they're trying to like be really excited that Geelong's missed finals uh, along with them. Like they're having a weird one. Like they're they're good though. It's it's entertaining. Mm. Um, Bulldogs, it's, a, it's a real midlife crisis moment for Bull, them. Bulldogs fans are very happy. Uh, just a week after Bevo got his contract uh, renewed by two years. I thought, this got, I thought it got renewed at the start of the season. Oh, did it? Yeah, I think so. Either way, uh, crazy. Um, we'll definitely be talking about Essendon that Essendon are very point. happy that the Bulldogs lost because otherwise all the folks would be on them. Yeah, th- there was a few teams in a row that just had like the focus taken off of them by something else outrageous happening. Obviously, the Adelaide score reviews just clouded most of it. And then we wake up today and Jim is coach. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess I'll jump into the votes. Um, my one this week was to Jeremy McGovern. Okay. Uh, Jeremy um, McGovern's my three. He's your three? So it means you've got numbers for him because I didn't do stats this week. Good start. Um, I do have some numbers for him. So Jeremy McGovern, uh, back to like traditional Jeremy McGovern kind of mm-hmm. footy. He had four spoils and won both his contested defensive one-on-ones, but also had six defensive half pressure acts, nine marks, five intercepts. He had 22 disposals at 91 and a couple of the missed targets were by handball. So his disposal by foot was even better than that. Four rebounds, nine intercept possessions and 393 metres gained. Really good. Uh, it, that Eagles backline functioned properly for the first yeah. time I've seen it function in ages. Uh, and they're still missing people. Um, yeah. Uh, I was watching the game with my Eagles supporting cousin who was just saying it, it was nice to see some of the senior heads actually getting to yep. play well together. And it was headlined by Yo in the middle. Yep. It was headlined by Cripps up forward and it was McGovern down back. Um, that um, Cripps goal was superb. Oh, uh, he, he is a, a little gun and he has been for quite some time. Yep. Uh, definitely underrated overall Cripps, but um, I thought McGovern was really good and... Uh, yeah, just I, I can not that I'm saying they're going to win ten games next year or anything, but that will be much better with Barras and McGovern there the whole season. Yep, um, um, makes a huge difference. It has, and outside of the Freo game, I feel like the Freo game really sucks because their last few weeks had been better. Yeah, one point they, loss. They were competitive against Richmond, then they had the really close loss to Essendon, then beat North, and then if you take out the Freo game, then they've won against the Bulldogs. It's been a good month. But yeah, it's it's overshadowed by the massive derby, uh, which is something free. It's the worst place they could lose by a hundred points, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Had it been to actually, had it been to the Bulldogs or Richmond, it would have been no one would have more forgivable. No one would have blinked an eye. So, uh, who was your one then? Uh, my one was to old old friend of the podcast, Sam Collins. Sam Collins didn't quite get there for me, but he uh, spoiled like a king. Uh, I thought he was super important in that game. Um, he basically held. Uh, Mackay goalless until he was forced to swap on to Kerno and Kerno only kicked one from there and he got completely loose. 
Um, obviously, Kerno had a great game, saved he, the game he, down back. He was incredible. His field kicking was insane. Um, but whenever Sam Collins was actually on him, nullified. Yeah. Um, so it has, uh, has to be worth a vote. I put the stats up for you. I don't he had care about stats. 14 disposals at 86%. We uh, know Sam Collins. You don't need to bring up not, the stats. Not a disposal man, but 11 of those 14 <laughs> were intercepts, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, and then the spoils, which is the one I saw when I was actually looking for him earlier. 37 spoils. Only had nine. Uh, oh, so I thought it was more was than that. Close. Two rebounds, nine spoils. Good yeah, Sam. Really Sam Collins game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked that, you know, the matchup that was so key earlier in the game with Kerner kicking those goals uh, on Ballard, who was good outside of that. It was just yeah. much like last week when Kerner kicked those goals against Collingwood. You can't do much when one of those players are on. But Ballard moving into basically the midfield wing position and Kerner down back when that game was on the line was wild to see about how much faith is in both those players. Yeah, uh, I mean, Sam Collins, uh, vote, vote king last year, been stolen a bit by Ballard this year. So. And Powell. Yeah, and Powell. Um, um, all right. Well, my two this week was to Nick Blakey. Um, ah, I really wanted to give Nick Blakey votes, but I didn't. He was really good. Yeah. That game was nuts. Uh, 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 watching that was heart-wrenching. I couldn't believe it. it it's really funny um, how my m- mood changed from, oh, well, long season's over, to what have I just seen? Mm. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. I obviously didn't see it quite as well live because I was – not in front of a TV at home, so I didn't quite f- understand the enormity of the incident. It was a moment until I saw the replays later. Like watching them celebrate in the crowd, and the commentators are calling the play, and we're not seeing it because we're just seeing Ben Keys celebrate. Um, I I couldn't imagine being Ben Keys this week. I'd be thinking about that for the rest Rural. of my life. I think about saying <coughs> you, you too, too to someone who said enjoy your meal. Mm. Imagine Ben Keys. Ah. Uh, um, but yeah, Nick, uh, the lizard. Nick Blakey was really good. Really good. He had twelve spoils, eight pressure acts, and two tackles. Twenty-one disposals. Nine of those were intercepts. Six of them were rebounds. He had two marks, both intercepts, and four hundred and fifty meters gained. A lot of those on the run. Uh, big reason why they were able to hold Adelaide off. Adelaide's second half was huge. They, uh, I, mean, I think it was how much was expected them to play all the game, game at home. Yeah, but they really forced really them back just into the that last quarter. Um, uh, a couple of miracle moments, but. I, the Lizard, I want to give credit. I don't know if I've brought this up about him, but his ability to get the ball at D50 and then literally within two seconds he is at the forward 50 is insane. It feels like magic. It feels like he shouldn't be able to do that to just be able to waltz that far that quickly, but he does and he's a good one, the Lizard. He is very good. And Sydney is in some really good form heading into September. So mm. that's really good to see. Locked in, right? For them, yeah, they're locked in. Everyone yeah. but... Thanks to that game's result, it would still be open if Adelaide had won it's that. GWS, Adelaide, and Essendon, who can still make it. Uh, Essendon can't make it. Well, they can't have to win by 500. They have to win by 500, but they could yeah. make it. Technically, yes. You sound like those Richmond fans two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Why is the model writing Richmond off? They technically can't. It's, anyway. it's mathematically possible. Even if it's a 0.01%, You're it's right. still 0.01. Um, so, yeah, really, the biggest games are Geelong Carlton. Uh, well, the Geelong Carlton games, Geelong Bulldogs and Carlton mm. GWS. They're yeah. the games that decide. The eight, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, who was your two? My two was Jacob Wiedering. He got he was a special mention for yeah. me. Um, I, I fluctuated having him in there and out all week, but yeah, his marking was incredible. Um, especially when the game was under siege and that first quarter where no Carlton defender could get near it, he was the only one. Uh, I think the last quarter the was when he impressed me the most in that mm. game um, when Gold Coast really turned it back on again. Yeah, 
storming and he was just doing as much as a man could possibly do until they sent Kerno back to help him out. Yeah. Uh, he was brilliant. He's mm. had a great second half of the year. Yeah. Been a big part of why Carlton's been able to hit mm-hmm. the form they have. Love him. Uh, don't know his stats because uh, no. he was a special mention for me, but... No stats here. Weedering stats, good. Yeah, uh, just take it. Take it for take our word for it. Um, and your... My three, three was Jeremy was McGovern. Jeremy McGovern. Uh, my three was Tom Stewart, uh, who oh, I okay. thought was the only reason Geelong were in that game for the mm. first half, basically. He had 30 disposals, 10 rebounds, 8 intercepts, 13 marks, 4 of those were intercepts. He had 3 score involvements and 2 score launches. Along That's pretty good stats. Maybe I should have listened to the stats this week. 600 metres gained. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was really good. I, I think that for most of that game, he was the only reliable Geelong player. Uh, Dangerfield has obviously still got crunched guts, basically, mm. and Cameron, we saw, was out of the game. But uh, Stuart was brilliant. I thought Guthrie was reasonable support to him, but there's only so much you can do when St Kilda go inside 50 that many times. times. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I was watching the game and I was hoping it would turn around because I really didn't want St Kilda to win, but... It really felt like St Kilda were on top. They should have been 10 one. goals up at halftime. Yeah. Jack Henry was so sorely missing. I think it was really blatantly say, he obvious play, but no. yeah. this week, um, especially after Radigalia went down. But even before that, he's so important to the structure back there. And I think De Koning is a bit lost without him because he's mm. so used to playing as that. Plays on the third tall. Oh, I don't or... think he can play on the best key. No, I agree. that's going to be a problem unless Jack, Jack Henry's fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because Radically is not the option either. No, and well, I'm, it, it's almost a done deal that he'll be at Hawthorne or Port next year. Most he likely needs Port. to go. So, um, um, yeah, that was my three. Uh, uh, what was something your... else I was going to say? Oh, uh, never really mind. quickly about that. Uh, nope, never mind. Let's move Actually, on. No, it's my turn to just go straight to four. Yeah. Um, Nick Holas Newman was my four. Oh, Nick Newman. Um, Newman. <laughs> rolled, rolled around all week, but uh, I think, again, he was super important in the comeback. He had. Uh, 21 pressure acts, 14 of those in the defensive half, four tackles, nine marks, 13 contested possessions, and nine intercept possessions, 31 disposal to 84 and 425 yep. metres gained. Uh, we have said enough about Nick I Newman over the last month. we about him every week for but, the past month. So. Um, we, both put, we both had him in our Australian teams we picked last week and said yep. that he probably won't make it because I don't pick small defenders, but he should be in there. No. Uh, he, he should at least make the squad. Yeah, I he'll make the that, squad, and I think that's that's... For a small defender these days, that's all you're getting. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I picked Weedering over Newman from that game simply because I thought his moments were a little more important. Yep. Newman probably had the more balanced yeah, game overall. I think that was what what made my mind the other way. Yeah. So. Um, but I can understand it, Gunn. Uh, my four goes to Harrison Himmelberg. He was really good. I didn't get him in. We're doing full names this week. Harrison Himmelberg. Oh, it's a great name, though. Uh, it's funny. Um, Jesus, he was good. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, GWS were good. Um, that was... Insane. I, Beth was getting ready while that game was on, and I kept being like, you won't believe <laughs> what the score is. <laughs> and there was one point I said, all right, what, what are the odds? Essendon kicked another goal, yes or no? And she's like, yeah. I was like, no, still one goal. Uh, yeah. That was insane. Was it Was it Glico who predicted a 26-point win to GWS? It was 100 yeah. points off? Really funny when they <laughs> predicted a four-point win to Gold Coast, mm. and then... Before the game, people were like, how? How are you doing this? Like, Carlton are going to win this easy. And then after that, people were like, oh, you've gone unders. And at the end of the game, they're like, that was actually a really good prediction. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, c- crazy game. I think that I expected GWS to win and comfortably, but not that. I think we all know that Harrison Himmelberg should be in the back 50 slash wing now. Don't yes. put him up forward ever again, ever. It, it was another game of 
Zerk Thatcher, despite being a good defender, struggling when there's a really big body on him. Hogan's a big boy. He had no support he from his fellow defenders. He got him. monstered. Um, and you saw it with Hawkins H- earlier in Hogan the year Hogan finishing with an all-time fantasy score in some weird company up there now. Uh, it's so funny when you open up the AFL app and it gives you like the biggest stats. And it's just all... It's three out of four of them. Are, GWS players. No, no, four of them yeah. are GWS players. And three, three of them Hogan. are Hogan. The Tom Green. Was it Mark's score involvements and goals? He's had the most. Yeah, so. and it was disposals, Tom Green. Uh, yeah. They just, yeah, everything they could possibly do in that game, they did. Uh, and, and Except for get, get Josh Kelly to 100 fantasy points. Except for just get Josh Kelly to 100. I, I, I put the warning out, but it was too late. I'd already um, got him. I know. Hey, uh, I'm in the grand final and you aren't. So. so I'm in the grand final of the bottom half ladder of our secondary league. Which is so shit, right? I finished top eight in that secondary <laughs> well, league. I should have. And I'm out. But yeah. you still didn't kicking. even make the top eight and you're still going. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I've won all of those finals so easily because I shouldn't be at the bottom <laughs> half of that ladder. I've just had a rough year. Um, which means I should have been kicked out of the first few weeks of the actual finals. But instead, I'm getting a weird like golf handicap. Yeah. I might um, have to get some chicken treat and conspire against that. My five this week <laughs> was to Cal Wilkie. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I didn't get Wilkie in, but he I was totally get it. incredible. I think that... Regardless of the stats, which were very good, he kept Cameron goalless. And if mm-hmm. you do that, it goes a long way to stopping Geelong. If Collingwood had managed to keep him to even one or two goals, Geelong didn't get close to them. Yep. He was in the right spot all game. Cameron's obviously hampered. He's, we saw him into that shoulder again against Collingwood. Like, he obviously pulled up sore. He's now in for, in for surgery, yeah. basically confirmed. But it, that's that's a Chris Scott tactic. He's it like, is. Oh, everyone's in for surgery Loves now, it. so yeah. they were all injured. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the reason. But, um, but um, we saw last week how sore he looked when he yes. landed. Um, He's been sore since he got fucking demolished killed by, killed by, by Rowan. Rowan. Yeah, um, he has, wasn't the same footballer since he came back. No, he did have that six goal game where he kicked a couple from out of bounds. Seven but, goal game. Yeah, oh seven. Sorry. It should have been a six goal game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he had two spoils, seven defensive half pressure acts, fourteen marks, and six rebounds. His twenty one disposals came at ninety five percent, and he had five score involvements, mm. which is pretty good considering that they didn't score that much in the end. Scored a lot of points actually. Yeah, uh, I think Wilkie had the biggest lull in the middle part of the season, um, and he's come home strong. Yeah. And it's very interesting with those key defenders for the All-Australian team, there's a couple that will be locks that one of them I don't think should be. I think Harris Harris Andrews is the only lock for me. I agree. Um, Darcy Moore's going to get in, but his back half of the year hasn't been good enough. I think Wilkie should be ahead of him at the moment. Jacob Wiedering's going to miss out because of his first half. Wilkie might miss out because of his middle portion. Taylor's going to miss out because he's in playoff games. Exactly. So it's probably going to end up being... Moore and Harris Andrews. And then Sicily is the third tour. I think you make Harris Andrews captain for mine. Um, Um, People are saying it's Moore. I think think Andrews at this rate, he's... I think if Moore makes the team because he's a captain, he would get so is in. Andrews. Is Andrews... Mm. How many captains they got there? They got two. several? No, yeah, two captains. Count. Count. They've got, they got like a 12-man leadership Brisbane group. had a five-captaincy group once they upon did. a time. So, um, Who's your five? Uh, my five is to who will actually be the All-Australian small defender, Jack Sinclair. Totally fair. Um, Great game. He was He carved up Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it baffles me, and I know Close was injured and it's not really his role to do that, but why wasn't someone sitting on him at all, Yeah, ever? Crazy. Um, I, I did laugh. Um, obviously, he got many the other way, but I, yeah. was it was it a weird, like a double, uh, what do you call We're it, reverse psychology from it. Oh, Ross Lyon? That's what Ross Lyon always does. But I, I just don't understand how Chris Scott hasn't done it all that yet. experience. We saw Dacos do it the week yeah. before. Pull a, Finals are on the line. Like, it's it's insane to me 
We saw Connor Iden do it for GWS. We uh-huh. saw Josh Dacos do it last week. We saw Sinclair do it this week. Yeah. Um, just not trying to curtail those outside defensive runners. Probably cost clearly, John finals. Clearly, it's not a role that Chris Scott um, values very much because, I mean, Geelong yeah, Marco, don't have one really, do they? No. Um, but Mark O'Connor could do that job. Like, he could stop that person. He could. Uh, and it would make him maybe actually, you know, I can't ta- talk shit about Mark O'Connor. He did much better than He was than really his. good. His, his peers this week, yeah. uh, Buse looked 107, Tui looked like he retired yeah, I don't think four Buse months was, I don't think Buse was ready to come back. Nope. I think that was a forced, they just didn't well, have the cattle. if Buse wasn't ready to come back, why the hell wasn't Guthrie playing? Only played half a game, looked fine, very anyway, strange. Jack Sinclair was great. I've talked about Geelong instead of Jack Sinclair, but he carves it up. He, uh, he does. He had, what do you have, like 38 disposals or something ridiculous? It was. I think it was 37 or 38, yeah. Um, um, zero centre bounce attendances. 38. I double-checked. All right. Zero. He drew a big penis in the middle of the ground. He I'll, did. Yep. He had, yeah, 66 in the defensive half, uh, went at 82%, yeah. 26 of them were kicks. He had it's six intercept kicks. possessions and 11 score involvements, which is nuts. Tom Stewart getting any centre bounce attendances this week? No. Are you sure about it. that? Yeah, pretty sure. I'm checking. All right. You win this round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he was very, very good. Um, had more inside 50s than rebound 50s, which is what tossed me the other way. But uh, I guess when the ball was just clogged into St Kilda's front half, it was very hard for him to have rebound 50s. Uh, but yeah, no, I rate that one. Um, my special mentions, have you got any this week? Yeah, Harrison Andrews. I have Andrews as my special mention. You gave him votes, didn't you? No. Oh. Sorry, I remember that conversation where... Yeah, right. Him. You came home and you said, was there anyone I should look at from that game? And I said, oh, who do you reckon? You said, oh, Andrews. I said, yeah. Uh, I think Keaton Coleman is good too. Uh, I, yep, Kitty Coleman was good. I have oh, already um, had Weedering. Uh, Ball Ace was in there again for me. I thought oh, he was good I'm again. not sure about Ball Acey. Um, I feel like he might be a bit too slow for AFL footy. And one I put down was Dylan Williams for Port. Um, oh, he's been good all year. Had 640 metres gained on the weekend. That's a lot. Um, and Freo were okay. Uh, they just weren't quite... Good enough. I think it was just a difference between the two teams. They didn't get monstered in any way, but they just weren't no. port good. Um, geez, Zach Butters gave me a scare for my life, almost losing my fantasy game. <laughs> I needed him to be... He could get up to 40 points outscore my last player, and he got to 33, I think. He was good. Um, he kept getting marks and kicks in the last two he minutes, was really and good. I was almost crying. Um, the, the Brownlow this year is going to be fascinating as it runs home. Have you seen the predictor? Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, Bontempelli... Probably gets two votes, I think. I think he'd get two at most. Um, Kelly Kelly gets three for sure. He was brilliant. Hands down. But I think it's currently got Dacos on 30, Neil on 29, which is a smoky. They're playing St Kilda in the last round, who don't tag and don't mm-hmm. have the midfield for it. Um, uh, and it has Butters and Bont on 28 or 27, yeah. um, who could both easily get yeah, three threes. votes in the yeah. last round. Because A, Geelong don't midfield tag. is gone. And, um, Ruckman. and I don't know who the fuck Port are playing. Me neither. Um, if you had to, let's just guess. Oh, uh, North Melbourne. God, that'd be funny. Um, Porter playing Richmond. Oh, so yes, at Adelaide Oval, absolutely could get the votes. I had a an unspecial mention this week to Ben Mackay for oh. having minus two meters gained against Richmond on the weekend, and the worst score review touch call I've ever seen. Yeah, not not a good time for Ben Mackay. Um, Wonder if he will not be somewhere else up, next year. Not pumping up his contract numbers. Not really. He was a few weeks ago, though. I feel, I feel like he's been good enough this year to justify um, a club wanting him. Um, he's a restricted free agent, right? I don't know, actually. He would be. He'd have to be. Yeah. Um, 
our favourite captain, Maynard, uh, tearing off Robinson's jumper and typical Maynard. Is it Robinson or Robertson? Robertson, Devin Robertson, sorry. Everyone's been saying Robinson. It's been pissing me off. Um, Catches someone holding the ball, gets the free kick, and Maynard decides to come from nowhere and just tear someone's jumper off because that's mature. Um, Um, I laughed um, because I was at the pub mm. with some friends Mm -hmm. and they said, are you allowed to just not have your shirt off in footy? And I said, no, you have to wear your jumper. He's like, that bloke's been running around for two minutes without a shirt. I turn around and he's just there, full glory. Hulking out too. He was livid. (laughs) It was really funny, BT being like, oh, he's loving it. And I've never seen anyone look angrier for like a five-minute period of a game than Robertson at that point. He was clearly not happy with the treatment that he was copying in the midfield. Uh, He he did, though, gain 25,000 Instagram followers, more than 9,000 overnight. I don't think he wants them. 25,000 by the end of the weekend. Um, and I love the commentators <laughs> calling it the jump being ripped off in the Maynard tackle. That's not, that's that's not what happened. Um, we and I wavered a little in our defence for St Kilda, but I still feel like we ha- had more oh. confidence in them than most football yep. media around Australia. I think we both called it and a week out that this was going to be a danger game for yep. Geelong. Uh, well, I, I, I said to someone at work the other day, I said, I, I understand that I don't rate St Kilda very highly, but I cannot fathom how Geelong are favourites for this game. It's at St Kilda's home ground, and Geelong didn't have a ruckman against arguably the best ruck in the country. As soon as I heard that Stanley was out, I knew that it was going to be so o- like really so strange. Tough. Um, um, I want to cast our eye back. I don't know mm. the exact date. Um, I think it was mid July. There was an article that went up on the AFL website that was something along the lines of the season that could have been. could have been St Kilda. Yeah, they're si- they're sixth. And then it and was about. Then it was likely, about three weeks later. We talked about it on here um, because the the Fox power rankings had them at like eleven, and we were like, they haven't dropped out of. They were fifteenth at one point on the ladder that, ranking. They haven't dropped sure. out of the top six all year. Well, yeah. they dropped a seventh, I think, once. No, they dropped a seventh uh, at least. Yeah, they haven't that, been out of the eight. No. Um, it's 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 astonishing, and they haven't been playing great football. We pointed that but out on this winning. show before, but they've been winning the gritty ones, which Collingwood, is what Ross Lyon Collingwood does. were doing that last year, and everyone was raving about them. They lost, style of they lost to West Coast and barely beat North. If St Kilda grinds a team down for two hours and it's boring to watch, no one cares. But if if Collingwood win because Jamie Elliott's kicked the, a fucking The most impressive game in the stretch for St Kilda was the game against Brisbane where they didn't win it, but they really prevented Brisbane from playing any kind of an attacking game. I don't remember that game at all. Um, and even, even <laughs> I, I remember Fagan saying he thought it was their best win for the year because they were forced to play a different mm-hmm. way and managed to win. And St Kilda almost got across the line against a far more talented Brisbane team yeah. that have had a coach and a system for a long time. Ross Lyons only just come into that side. Hmm. Um, the, the Eagles winning is the funniest possible result for so many reasons because tanking's out the window. Everyone's got to shut up about that now. Adam Simpson... Can't what write. a legend after the game. <laughs> we tried to tank it for the last three minutes, but uh, they wouldn't listen to me. Very funny. Uh, can't write nothing stories about Reed anymore because... Oh, he's gone north, is he? Oh, no, oh, he, checking his Instagram likes or whatever. Gone. So good. Um, and th- then also the... Uh, yeah, they can't they can't track pick one. They've got pick two now. It's just a lot. They'll have pick three, probably. Probably, if north get the combo for Mackay. It's just, it's just very funny. It's the best possible result. Uh, for the way I see it. And, I mean, it it made the Adelaide non-goal mean more because if the Bulldogs won that mm. game, it doesn't matter because the eight would have been locked in anyway. Mm. But Or Adelaide still could have made it, but the other teams couldn't have. But because the Bulldogs lost, it's also meant that Geelong, Essendon, 
and all the Bulldogs themselves all can't make finals now because of the Adelaide non-call, mm. which is insane. Um, Essendon can make it. They, they, you're right, they can. But Essendon could have made it. Been an actual less than one in a billion chance of making it. Who are you talking about? Had that been called a goal. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. had ramifications for three t- teams' finals chances. And I feel like, uh, obviously, you just heard me watching AFL 360. Jared Waitley's a very unhappy man because Geelong can't make it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is ridiculous that the final was in a season that promised to be as good as it was. Uh, it's just kind of fallen over the line at the end, and there's two games that kind of matter this weekend. Well, it could obviously, have been. the top four can move around mm. a lot. Um, but that's not as important as just yeah. making the finals. And had that so been far. a goal, that's what we'd be seeing huge stakes in those games. Yep. Geelong playing Bulldogs would be massive. Carlton GWS would be huge. I mean, Adelaide would be locked in. Uh, I, I can't see mm. with their style of play, West Coast beating them. Yep. Although West Coast have been good the last few weeks. Doesn't matter. If, but there'd be eyes on that Adelaide West Coast game because yep. they just beaten Bulldogs and Adelaide need to win that to make finals. It would be a huge weekend of footy coming up and now it's a bit of a fizzle. Yep. Um, and it's all because of one awful umpiring decision. And that said, I don't think Geelong or Essendon... It's not even, I think it's just a non-decision. Yes. Um, and and I can I, understand how the umpire sitting there could see it as touched because that padding moved as the ball passed yes. by. Because they, they but, were but they, they review it. so much in games that, that are obvious. Mm. Uh, and I'd rather they review it when it's obvious than just leave it like that. But also, how does a, a field umpire not call... To check. Yeah. I like the idea that was floated where I don't I don't like the idea of every behind being reviewed and having to recall it because one, that would be annoying. Two, it would suck for people working champion data because they would have very, to dump it, so much stuff. It would get recalled very rarely though. Yes. But I like the idea that they just review everything in like the last five minutes of a game. It, it, down to calling it back. To fuck the other part of the game. If, if it fucks up there, it doesn't matter. Time on. Um, but, like, just in the last five minutes, call it back if you have yeah. to. It just, it just, yeah, it just sucks. That, and, like I said, by no means do I think Geelong or Essendon deserve to make finals this year. I think they've had, especially the, this weekend, mm. they, they did not play well. And Bulldogs as well. But it's still rubbish that in a year like this year that they can't make finals. Yeah. Especially having both beaten Essendon, Geelong, and all three of them, beaten teams that are going to make finals this yeah. year and had comfortable wins against those teams. So it's... It's frustrating for so many supporters now. Obviously, mostly Adelaide ones. Um, for, for the first time, really can be right in front of the, me. We the, were robbed. The, the boos at right the end of, of that game me. were immense. Yes. It was, uh, it was. And Ben Key's face, man, I keep thinking about him. He was yelling and screaming for like the, the game was played for 70 seconds and he's still chatting away trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then there's Rankin who's punching the floor. I had I had an interesting one the other day. Did you? So I, I during the Brisbane Collingwood game, just made a, a post about how uh, it's weird that Maynard is exempt from descent. Oh yeah, he is. Uh, because it's two weeks in a row, a very similar spot. It's it's opposition it's... players been lining up for a goal, and he's just been going at the umpire, and the umpire just kind of calmly talks him down. And someone said to me. <laughs> on Twitter, I just made it. I didn't. I didn't tag anyone. I just posted it. Someone said, uh, um, uh, "Captains are allowed to question the umpire's decisions." And I said, "Please point me to the part of the rule book where it says that captains are, you know, immune to the dissent rule." And why is Pendlebury allowed to do it? Well, that's and also Maynard wasn't captain last week against Geelong. No. Um, and he sent me a screenshot from a Wikipedia article that appeared to be like local footy rules, and I was like. Are you a stoned high school student? Like Wikipedia is not a source. And I just went to the rule book and screenshot, and it was like, 
any player or official cannot question the umpire's decision. Like, that's the rule. Oh, imagine high school Jack hearing Wikipedia is not a source. I didn't give sources, let alone Wikipedia. But also, if you want to use Wikipedia as a source, just click the source it gives and go... Anyway. Copy paste it there. And I, was I, like, I, I was it. like, my man, you get Wikipedia that? Okay. Um, but yeah, apparently, according to No Face Name Numbers on Twitter, captains are immune. So that's oh. why Maynard was allowed to do it this week. I genuinely think they should crack down. It's too late now. Don't do it in finals. Mm. That's ridiculous. Um, but I genuinely think if they want dissent to be... If they want no dissent in all levels of AFL football, stuff like that needs to crack mm-hmm. down. Absolutely. I don't like it when Pendlebury no. questions the umpire, but that's different. Much that's a discussion. better than someone like Maynard having a tantrum or um, Jake Lever yes. jumping, jumping up and, up and down, down and throwing yeah. the ball. Stuff like that should be called as But then you're Wilkie and... Um, no, pointing at the screen Wilkie is and Cox point at the screen and they get to set. It, it's not it's such an inconsistent rule. If Pendlebury can walk up to someone and say, why was that a free kick? And Wilkie goes, if you have a look up there, you'll see that I, I, I got my hand on that first. That That's not dissent. That's just... It, it was really funny watching. Oh, it pisses me off. The the World Cup and just seeing those players just go at umpires. That was the best <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, this is not a visual podcast, but I did the um, uh, <laughs> the descent face. It was so good. Um, Carpenter, Ellie Carpenter's yeah, Carpenter. yeah reaction was that was golden. But also just your players just going at umpires. It was so funny. Like, I can't even imagine other than maybe they're not doing it at AFL level. Anyone <laughs> getting away with that? Like anything close to that? Um, Oh, I'm sure there's someone off the top of my head I can think of that gets away with it. Albert Junior would have got away with it. He was a pet. He was definitely a pet. I reckon even Chris Judd might have got away yeah, with it. Yeah, he might too, too yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's all over. Footies. Oh, Koch, I reckon Cotchin would have got away with it too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Umpires love Cotchin. They did. They really loved Cotchin. Rewalt throws the Tansy too. Yeah. He, he was remarkably subdued this year since December. He and Hawkins are the ones that shocked me. I was... Mm. For sure, Rewalt and Hawkins are going to be the worst for it, and they both just went. I had it in my I had it in my brain that Geelong lose a prelim final because Hawkins gave away a descent free I kick. Absolutely, could imagine it. Um, but um, I saw everyone's favourite uh, Gerard Healy impersonator, South Mega fan, <laughs> posted the other day. It was a picture of Hawkins elbowing Schofield in the back of the head. Yeah. Like, are we ready to admit this cost us the grand final? And I was like, Will we not? Have we not been Always doing that admitting, this whole yeah. time? I, um, uh, not to go on about our teams, but. Uh, <laughs> How's good Snick Newman given, getting the 100-metre penalty for just running into a player? Um, he is a <laughs> pest of a man. Um, I, I do think, though, that during that game, Gold Coast were pretty undisciplined, and, mm-hmm. and it did cost them. Uh, well, that's why you got to get a taskmaster like Dimmer. Oh, D- Dimmer definitely increases the amount of on-field discipline from a football team, doesn't he? That's why <laughs> Richmond had the most frees against for 150-metre penalties through the roof. I just laugh mostly because Maybe they're getting ready for it. Dimmer's going to lose his MCG games. They play most of their Melbourne games at Marvel. He hates Marvel. He hates Marvel. Richmond haven't won there since he said he hates Marvel. <laughs> well, I wonder if he's going to change his tune. He loves Marvel now. He loves Marvel. He'll say it. He'll get there. He'll be like, there's too much sun on the Gold Coast. I like getting under the roof. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so unnatural in red. He looks healthier. Maybe it's the three months off. Yeah, I think so. He's been out in LA trying yeah, to be straight on the West Coast. and He said they had some high-performance meetings overseas, but I think that just means he was on Yeah, weed. he was high, was and high performance shit. meetings. Um, <laughs> I, I was talking to someone at work today, and I was like, I find it really funny that Gold Coast couldn't wait the two weeks for him to come back to Australia to interview him. They were like, we've got to do a fully business-paid trip to the Amalfi Coast to chat to Dimmer. We can't yeah, wait for him to get back. 
Their CEO in Sydney said, ah, you know, <laughs> I really got to get out to... <laughs> Where was he? I think uh, it was Italy at the time. Yes. Um, got to fly to Italy to have a meeting with Dimmer. We can't wait for him to come back in two weeks' time. Yeah, I, did, I did appreciate the timing of waiting until after this Richmond game so that Dimmer could be around those players that he was with for most of their careers that day so that it wasn't overclouded by that. Didn't stop Richmond fans from being very upset about him being there because he's a traitor and a cutthroat. But Yeah, I don't know how they let him in the rooms. Do you reckon it's going to be an awkward 20-year reunion for the Port Premiership team next year with <laughs> Jew and Hardwick there? Maybe. They, they talked about that. Was that did you hear that earlier being talked about? No. Nah. They just said, have you talked to him? Oh, okay. And he hasn't. Oh, I think Stuart Jew is just a pretty chill bloke. I think he will be normal about it. And also Dimmer, by all means, outside of a football field, seems like a pretty chill bloke. Mm. So I don't know if there'll be any problem. I think they're too mature for that, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'd be more worried about seeing the Carr brothers. <laughs> <in person>. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I was looking at uh, the droughts again today. In, in footy. Oh, yeah. The premiership it is, it is crazy that, you know, between 2005 when Sydney broke theirs, we've seen so many of them mm-hmm. broken now to the extent that even if you count Frio's, which I don't because it can't be a drought if it's never rained, that's just a desert. Um, How long are you thinking that one? Oh, I, a while. <laughs> um, but even, even if you count Frio's, which is now at about 30 years or 29 St Kilda's is so long now. It's, it's almost been one. as long since they won one as between them starting in their first one. The, uh, the worst ever, I think, was still the Bulldogs. They had the longest drought, and Sydney as well were pretty bad. But um, I think I think that's part of the reason they pulled the trigger on Ross Lyon coming back is because they saw what happened to the Bulldogs just winning that premiership. The Bulldogs became like not that they weren't already a household name because all the teams are but like they are always Friday respected night game. as a football team they are always yeah. highly watched they're talked about St Kilda don't get that they have players like Jack Sinclair and Jack Steele they have Max King well, up forward we've, no we've been raving about their players all year um, <laughs> they, their, their depth this year proved that it was just great. Windiger and uh, Wangan and Miller alone should be household names but they're not yet um, and I, I've always loved Tim Membry um I've often I've said that I memory. <laughs> I've often said I loved Tim Memory more when he was shit. Like he was one of those players that I found it endearing that he had all of these amazing footballing traits and just couldn't use them properly. Mm-hmm. And now that he's put it together, it's less fun. Um, it's good to watch though, just oh, not against my team. Thank he, you. He, he and King together is a much better lineup for them. Mm. Um, and, and Mace Woods become a good footballer for them, and that seems to be not talked about as much as it should be outside of people who do football stuff for it's a living. He plays wing. Yeah, wingmen are really ignored. There's only they? three good wingmen this year, apparently, according yeah. to the AFL. So, Wood's been as important to St Kilda's structure as many other players who are. It's it's by far the most underrated position. I know yeah. we're a defenders podcast, so that's uh, awkward of us to say. Mm. But um, how important has Blake Aker been to Carlton? Oh, how important massive. has Mason Wood been to St Kilda? Josh Dacos is having a great season again. Uh, obviously, Errol Goulden should yeah. be Australian. Fucking. Um, Nick Martin should oh, be all Australian, absolutely. but won't be. Um, it's it, those players run and run and run and run, and they just don't get the credit that they deserve. So it, it's really it, I, annoying. Yeah, recently it came up when Shuey retired. People were talking about the unluckiest non-all Australian players, and in the discussion, as always, was Mitch Duncan because 
He played yep. wing during that era, despite the fact that he was one of the best wings going around, if not the best, many years in a row. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't have the respect. For That's wings. why they moved him to half back to try and get him in Australia. Yeah, this year they tried to make him an inside mid for some games. Um, mm. But yeah, it's 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 been been a year, and the the excitement is a little bit gone now that the finals is mostly locked in. It feels it's still a, an exciting final it series. It feels a bit flat. The finals look good. Um, but now that's two weeks away. Yeah. And this week's like, oh, okay, we'll just get it's through three this. Three weeks away. Yeah, you're right. It just feels like we'll get through this week. We'll, we'll move on. Um, well, I'm annoyed because the only two games that really matter are Saturday night and Sunday night. That's also true. Yeah. I mean, I've got Monday off, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But... I've got Monday off. Oh, nice. Yeah. We can do And nothing. then I'm flying to Adelaide on Tuesday. What a wild fucking week this is going to be. Yeah, Greg's going to be so confused. Um, I, think, I think Seb's going to be confused. The podcast is fucking five days early. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if I can upload it tomorrow or the day after. See how I feel tonight about whether I want to edit it or not. Could just go on Wednesday like normal. I, w- I was thinking that. I was like, have we ever... Re- also, that we did it late last week. Mm-hmm. A Friday release. I think... A- what is this? Like three days in between Not, not many, is it? Yeah. So um, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it on Wednesday instead, Tuesday night. Uh, but yeah, uh, one more week of votes at least for the back pocket this year. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to look at the numbers. You probably already have them. Oh, there, no, I didn't want to look at them either. Actually, I want to kind of leave it as fun for next week. Um, I think it'll be tight because... We've got no votes for Andrews this week. Wilkie yeah. got votes. Newman got a little bit of votes. So that means that top is still very tight. Yeah. No one ran away with it. So really, if a 10 next week from anyone in the top four wins them the medal, mm. basically, unless Andrews gets eight kind of thing. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, all the way down to Newman. And I don't even know what Sinclair uh, was on. So He was close-ish, yes. Yeah. And Brisbane have St Kilda, I think. So that's a huge game for the medal. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you'd think if St Kilda win that game, Wilkie or Sinclair will probably have a pretty big hand in it. If St Kilda win that game, something crazy If happened. St Kilda win that game, then their premiership odds should halve. And I think Brisbane should double yeah. because um, they are setting themselves up yeah, for a top two spot. And Brisbane, if they drop that, they're out. They're Brisbane for me this week pretty much firmed as the favorite. favorites. Yep, um, I agree. I, I still have Collingwood second because they will get a lot of their injured players back before finals. And they've got a bit of a chance now to kind of recoup and recover. They've had top spot locked in. And we've seen with teams in the past that it's hard to maintain the rage when you know you've got a home final coming up. Mm. Um, like a lot of teams, we saw Melbourne lose that game to Adelaide. Um Two years in 2021, uh, that they when Adelaide were like yeah. second last. I'm, I remember. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that year. Um, Collingwood dropping a game, and obviously they lost Geelong in the grand final. But they dropped the game to Geelong late in that year because everyone was like, it didn't matter to Collingwood. That game was a totally different thing. Geelong losing to Port in 2007 when they had top spots sewn up. Like we see it happen so often. So I think I always just think of sides that there's an over panic around Collingwood especially among some Collingwood fans. And I get it. They've had this before so many times where they've made but top think, four or grand finals. I think they're right to panic in a little way because you look at sides like Geelong last year who were on the roll yeah. and it just kept going, um, which is the reason why I, even if they have to rest players, I do not want Carlton to lose this week yes. because if they get if they're 10 wins going into finals. And, and there are stats around and Collingwood's is bad because they've now lost yeah, three of the last three four, four. And then the one that they won was barely against a mm-hmm. team that is struggling. Um they there are some stats around the last month going in. Yeah. And if you lose more than one game, then you pretty much don't win a flag. Yeah. So I'd be worried about that. But the problem with that, the, the other side of that is that Port's in that boat too. Um, and Melbourne have been very close to also joining them in that boat. So yeah, I think Port have the problem with their midfield so good, but their bookends aren't. Yes. Whereas I think a lot of the other teams in the top four, especially, 
have their bookends sorted. Yeah, I Port, um, Port losing the home final for Port has been the worst thing that's happened to their season. I think that they're very likely now to play Brisbane in Brisbane in the first week, which is the matchup no one wants. Collingwood Melbourne, if that becomes the first final, is awesome. Like that, that's what mm. I think we all want to see is the first week. But um, Port copying Brisbane in Brisbane's rough for them. They'll cop a pretty good. The bottom four of the finals are coming in in pretty good form. It will be very. It, so they'll they'll cop a good form team the week after if they lose that, and then if they manage to win that one, then they play one of Collingwood or Melbourne at the MCG. So it's a hard run. It's a it's an interesting one because if Collingwood play Melbourne, there's a very good chance that one side of the table might not have to leave Melbourne. Yes. Um, depending on Carlton St Kilda, obviously GWS yeah. Sydney would not. Want to be in Melbourne, but and Brisbane. Um, I, the, the problem with Brisbane is that we know what their MCG record is, and there's obviously a bit of fear there. We saw that game that they choked earlier this year um, against Hawthorne and against Melbourne. So that's why I think if they get top two, they're set because whoever they play at the MCG, uh, if it's Collingwood, they've won six in a row against them. Just yep. beat them at Marvel. They'll be very confident. Melbourne's the difficult one for yes. them. Um, I think Brisbane at the MCG. Could they would have memories of this year. Very, very easily do over. St Kilda, Carlton, GWS, and Sydney. Yep. I wouldn't be worried about that. But top top four wise, I would be most worried about playing Melbourne at the MCG. This is their year, I think. Now has the way to it's be. the way it's fallen, this has to be the year that they do it. They feel very much like early noughties Port when Brisbane were the dominant team. When mm-hmm. Port, I think they, they won. Do it. They finished top five three years in a row. Port and the third year was the one they finally won the flag. That's what Brisbane's felt like for the last four or five years. Um, and Especially because they've got their defensive structure right this year. La- last better. year was. Realistically, their best effort. I know they got pumped by Geelong, but I think anyone would have that week. But the way that the fact they beat Melbourne in a final at the MCG didn't go out in straight sets like yeah. they had been previously showed a lot of fight for them. Um, so, I, look, I, I despite there's a few Brisbane players that I think are wankers, I have always had a bit of a soft spot for Brisbane because I was so exciting to watch growing up. They're, so I they're in the list of ones I'm fine with. I'd them. have no problem with them winning it. Um, that's probably a ranking we should have brought in, but um, I I think their forward line is too good. Um, it's insane. Now that their defensive structure is good, all of their forwards are capable of kicking two or three goals yep. each in a final, yep. which is huge because that's something that teams struggle with. Like how many small forwards going into final series underperform? Yeah. Like that's Eddie Betts, one so of the many. best small forwards of all time, but he barely Cozy five shots. For Melbourne. Yep. Um, but I have Cody Waitman. I have a bit of confidence in the fact that if Cameron doesn't fire, Zach Bailey's going to pop up will, for three, or, or McCarthy, yeah. or even Archie. Yeah, did he's it. been really good this um, last month. He's found some serious form. So yeah, that's us. I think I said at the start of the year Brisbane was my choice. Yep. So let's see. Yeah, I, I was jumped I mean, off him pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I also, I mean, I I wasn't on them because I didn't have faith in them, but I think they've played a much more consistent brand of football ever, this year. Ever since everyone came for. Uh, Danaher and Hipwood. They've they stepped turned up. themselves around. Um, like Hipwood's been passable, gonna, which is all he's ever needed to be with Danaher in the side. Um, they're going to kick 100 goals between them. So yep. that's all that... For two key forwards, that's what you want. Absolutely. I know we're inflated by an extra game this season, yeah. but... But still, that, they've been really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that they've their defensive side of their game has settled me. I think that the, the way they've proven that if they can't get their attack going, they can still knuckle down. Jack yep. Payne's been huge for that. The uh, rise of Ryan Lester has been huge for that. Archie as well. Uh, Rich with Coleman. Coleman, when he's fit, has been incredible for them. So I think it'd be good to see. They've just got so much talent in that team um, that I, you know, that'd be so exciting to see them win it. And I think that they would take a lot of confidence out of winning it. Like I think if they, if they go out in straight sets again this year, you wonder what it would do to the psyche of a lot of players at that club with the way their last five years have gone. 
But if they win it this year, it's almost a danger for everyone else in the competition because the mental part of it would be gone for them. So, um, but yeah, that's a longish one actually this week. So yeah, it's what happens to record on a Monday. If we have a, a Brisbane fan listening, they're going to have a good time at the end of this podcast. Go off, Brisbane fans. I actually don't know any. Um, I don't think I know any either. Yeah, which is crazy exist. considering when we grew up. Like, if yeah. you're going to bandwagon a team, uh, maybe it's the WA factor. Yeah, we don't. I don't know many people who are interstate teams that aren't Melbourne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I don't know. The only Sydney fans I know are people from Sydney. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you again next week. This has been the back pocket. Bye.